Hey, veterans. Welcome to the VA Claims Insider Podcast. We are veterans helping veterans get the VA disability rating and compensation you deserve. I'm your host, Air Force Service Disabled Veteran Brian Reese, and each week we share VA disability claim tips, tricks, strategies, and lessons learned to help you win, service connect, and get rated at the appropriate level, even if you've already filed or been denied. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode. everybody just jumping on as you guys see below you know how we like to start it roll call you know feel free to comment let us know your years of service branch you serve we want to thank you uh, for joining us um, as we get ready to have a conversation so coming at you live from Austin Texas coming at you from VA (laughs) and so so DP and I y'all missed this but uh, we were doing some of the anchorman warm-ups I don't know if y'all have seen anchorman but Ron Burgundy, how now, brown cow? We were, uh... <laughs> how now, brown cow? We should have literally just started that randomly. Are we live now? I don't believe you. You're a, you're a liar. We're live right now? I don't believe you. <laughs> so, hey, Brian, long time no see. Thanks for having me yeah. back with you on a Wednesday. Oh, yeah, good to see you, man. It's so, it's so good to see my brother, DP. Uh, and by the way, you can tell by his hat. There is a special DOG mm-hmm. service dog, Yellow Lab, by the name of Legend, and uh, this has been—it's been really fun to walk this journey with you, man. Because I—I I don't know much about service dogs, and so you know, this is an area that I think all disabled veterans—they need to hear, right? To get informed on what does that look like, how does that process start, what is the timeline. The one thing that shocked me is how much it costs to put a service dog through training. Um, I couldn't believe it. So we'll talk about some of that and uh, ways that folks can maybe get involved. Yes, please comment your uh, years of service and branch where you're at so we know. Uh, but as you see in the title, we're gonna have a conversation today about um, a legendary journey, right? My basically, um, you know, process of getting a service dog how i got there right how we you know brian and i you know have seen has seen me go through this whole thing on my case for the better part of over 18 months right so as long as i've been working here i pretty much kind of came in the door saying hey by the way i got the service dog in training um so i'll share a little bit of that but really that all kind of it resides in the invisible injury realm Right. Um, I've always said this from the beginning. I came to VA Claims Insider like you guys. I was literally a veteran out there who thought, you know what, I'm pretty snazzy. I can do some stuff. I can figure this out. Um, And it didn't work out that way. And fast forward to just, you know, looking through the Internet, finding information. I saw Brian Reese's video way back in 2017 ish. So came into it towards the beginning where the Facebook group was like a few hundred people. We were not as big as what it was now. And I enjoyed the community. I saw the elite program grow. Uh, I jumped in. I was kind of skeptic, like some folks may be at times, but I, you know, took the plunge and I said, you know what? I can't go this alone. Here I go. And fast forward now, 
Uh, I was able to get my rating. I was able to get the help I needed. I got access to the uh, medical network, right? So I, those pieces that were missing in my journey weren't there. I knew what I knew, yeah. but I remember the first thing that stuck out was a guy screaming at me from Austin, Texas, saying, if you hear my voice, get your butt to the doctor. And I was yeah. like, uh, and that's really what started for me, at least, as far back, as early back as uh, 16, 17 time, making a decision and point and saying, hey, I have to go talk to someone about my situation, right? And that began the process. So the rating process or getting rated really began a journey of actually getting help and doing the things that I needed. Um, and I was able to successfully, you know, you, you know, come into the VA Claims Insider, the elite program. I was rated. I worked with a great VC uh, by the name of uh, Richard Cheminsky. <laughs> and fast forward that then after my rating, it didn't stop. Right. Because it was just one step in the bigger equation that now I understood what I was dealing with, what I had. And that then began uh, my journey into what I can do. What can I do to, uh, you know, help myself and do things. Uh, for my condition. So uh, that's kind of a quick primer there. But, you know, uh, you know, thanks, Brian, on your side for kind of creating all this, right? This is really what yeah. enabled me to understand these things, right? PTSD was not a thing uh, or the conditions that we now understand or talk about. To me, it was ignorant. That was just how I was. And um, I'm open to share this conversation and share my story a little bit because I think it'll be helpful uh, for folks to kind of see that, right? You may not be going for a yeah. service dog yourself, but the truth of being able to tell your story, um, I, what I told Brian before we started is the question, right? What does that mean to be uncomfortably vulnerable, right? And that's yeah. what I hope to kind of get to. Um, yeah. So thanks, brother. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for, for sharing all that. And thank you. Um, I, I want to highlight DP just for a second. He, what, a, what a great human being, okay? And you'll hear me say that sometimes uh, with, with folks on our team. We are filled, we are blessed with incredible human beings. Many of them are also disabled veterans, veterans who are still fighting the VA. It might be, well, we've got a bunch of military spouses, veteran spouses, we've got veteran supporters um, on our team. And you know what, man, like founding VA Claims Insider, it's, it's been an amazing journey thus far. And the part that I find really interesting, though, is how we've grown as a movement, but then at the same time, how unimportant I've become in the process. And I'll explain what I mean by that. So when a company starts, when a movement starts, it's completely driven by the entrepreneur, okay? Typically the, the solopreneur. You're everything. Right, your sales, your marketing, your website, your lead capture, your your closer, your server. I mean, I remember doing everything in the early days and, and just feeling completely overwhelmed. Uh, you know, not to mention all the things that I was dealing with. Fortunately, some incredible folks like UDP came on early on in the journey, and you believed. Right? You believed in the value of what we were creating and why we were creating it. That's, that's the most important part, is the heart, the why behind this movement. Why is it so important for veterans? And I'll tell you, when, when I look back on some of the earliest moments of how we grew so quickly, right, a grassroots movement, the community starts sharing 
the community, y'all, people on this call right now, you, the disabled veterans, you, DP, you're sharing the movement and the value of, you know, hey, if you're stuck, if you're frustrated, if you're underrated, let's go, right? I have the solution to your problem, okay? And what I've seen happen, though, is just, it's absolutely amazing. There's no question that um, it is it is godly inspired, okay, of why we're here right now at this moment in time. Um, I, I can't help but think that it was all part of the bigger plan that we are here serving veterans. We were perfectly situated as COVID came. Um, we didn't miss a beat in our service of veterans. And you think about that, how many veterans suffer from a mental health condition? I'm gonna share real quick and I'm gonna come back to COVID. I was on our, our book call. Here's a little, little secret hint. I've reviewed the manuscript. Uh, our very first book is gonna be published, probably coming out in uh, early 2021. And it's gonna be called Veteran Benefits Secrets, The Insider's Guide to Virtually Hundreds of unknown state and federal benefits. It's incredible. Um, the amount of time and effort and energy that's been dedicated to the production of this resource because I want it to be amazing. Um, and it is, I've, I've seen the draft manuscript, it's pretty awesome. <laughs> and I was talking though, the, the gal who's helping me um, through this process, she's a writer and so she really helps with like scheduling and keeping me on track and all of that stuff. Um, She's been asking me some of those very detailed and pointed questions like, Brian, what's, what is the real value here of the community, mm. right? Can you explain this to me again of, of what you mean by coaching, right? Why would somebody want to jump in and join? And, and I just told her flat out, I said, accountability. Accountability and identity. It's biologically ingrained in human, we're not meant to be alone, all right? Think about that. We are not meant to be alone. From the earliest possible moments of humanity, we found ways to form into groups and into communities, right? And then we started to specialize. Hey, if you do this, I'll do this to serve the greater good. Human beings are biologically ingrained to spend time with other human beings, to hang out, to share things, to be together, to serve each other, to rely on each other, to be accountable for each other. And that's exactly what we got and what we had, DP, when we wore the uniform, right? I don't know about you, but I had to be accountable to my boss commander, I had to be accountable to my troops, right? I had to be accountable to my peers, the larger mission. There was a bigger purpose and calling. I knew every day I had to get up, put the uniform on. I knew why I was serving. I knew what my purpose was. And all of a sudden, we take off the uniform and we get hit by life, right? Like, boom. I don't know about you, but, but for me, even having a transition where I was blessed to have a, a career start very quickly with the Department of the Air Force as a civil servant, post active duty, 
I still was just kind of floundering in my identity. Mm. Right? Because so much of who I was was rooted in in service and in wearing that uniform. And, and part of it was ingrained in me from the time I was 18 and a half, 19 years old in boot camp. And so, you know, most of us spend the better part of our adult lives serving our country. And all of a sudden, we take the uniform off, and I think we somehow have this belief that, like, maybe we're more important than we we really, (laughs) than the military thought we were, right? And we get kind of kicked to the curb, and all of a sudden, you're now this thing called a veteran, and you're looking around going, I got to get my own job. Like, I don't even know what I'm good at. I don't even know what I'm interested anymore because they just told me what I was going to do. They sent me places and told me, this is your job and this is what you're supposed to do. And all of a sudden, I, I don't know how it was for you, but for me, I was craving being around my brothers and sisters again. And then when things started crumbling, I really started to feel this complete detachment in this aloneness from other civilians and other human beings. Okay, so back to what I just talked about. Here is the catch-22 of veterans with a mental health condition, okay? Which, let's be real, I believe most veterans have some type of a mental health condition. You might not have PTSD, but you got something. Insomnia, depression, anger issues, panic attacks, whatever. So here we are biologically ingrained. Your brain is telling you, you need to go be with people, right? You're supposed to get involved in organizations. You're supposed to help out. You're supposed to have lots of friends, et cetera. And then on this other side, your brain, which is damaged somehow, or you're suffering from some type of trauma, doesn't want to, okay? So now you've got this. Right? You've got a conflict, and a lot of veterans, myself included, and DP, I, I know you're in the same boat, we retract inward, and then we play tough guy or gal, and we try to fake that we're okay, and we fake these gatherings and that we have friends and that we're in our jobs and etc. but we're not, we're crumbling. And so getting back to the larger purpose of this community, we get you. We understand what you're going through, right? July 3rd, how many days ago was that? Not that many, okay? It's like 11 o'clock at night. My wife had already gone to bed, and one of our neighbors, unbeknownst to me, right, this is the the night before the 4th of July, Mm -hmm. decided to have a fireworks show. Started lighting off fireworks, like right next to my window i mean not not far away um full full on panic attack for me ended up on on the couch trying to breathe put on my noise canceling headphones to try to drown out the sound had to go through some breathing meditation activities um in my app these things are real And I I share that with you so that you know that I don't have it figured out, right? Yeah, I'm the leader of the movement. DP's one of the leaders of our movements. He doesn't have it figured out. Far from it. I don't have it figured out. (laughs) 
right? I don't know about you. I'm going to share one more thing, DP, and then I'm going to get back mm. to you. But I think this is important for folks to understand. I can be in a room full of people. I can be at a wedding and feel completely alone. Right? I can I can be in a conversation and and feel completely detached from from what's happening mm-hmm. um, and from reality. And I think that so many veterans, DP, they feel that and they immediately get embarrassed and then they shut down and they think this, yeah, this sucks, but it's just because it's, it's me. Nobody else is dealing with this, right? It's my problem, right? It's my issue. No, nobody can relate. Nobody can understand. Nobody will get it, right? And and that's yes, and that's really the do. and that's a differentiator here. That that's yeah. that's that's the X factor. That's the thing, and that's why we share the show, stories we share because we're not here saying look at the great feats of good stuff we've done, right? Literally, if you think about it, everything we share is quite frankly the things no one wants to talk about. No one wants yeah. to talk about their service dog. Nobody wants to talk about PTSD. Uh, nobody wants to talk about what is affecting them, and that is the issue. Because if you're listening to us and you're seeing us and you have the inability to tell your truth, you're not going to be properly compensated and rated. And it's beyond that because that rating opens up for many of you potentially the ability to get the help you need, to get the services that are required for you to be able to reclaim life. Because to Brian's point, you know, that emptiness of feeling like what you used to be is no longer there. My best days are behind me. I see nothing in front of me. I'm stuck where I'm at. Why doesn't the clock stop ticking? And that leads many down a spiral that we know very well happens every day at the tune of 21 to 22 veterans, um, you know, who take their life because it's ended, right? My best days are behind me. It should have ended Afghanistan for Brian. It should have ended in Iraq for me. It should have ended at ground zero in all these different places and things that you may have been experienced or exposed to. But getting that truth out there, understanding and putting a name to it to say, like I've said before, I think we talked in our last live, Brian, if I, if Brian was hit by a vehicle and I was hit by a vehicle and we walked around with a limp and we used a crutch, you wouldn't call us limps or a crutch. We were just individuals that were hit by a vehicle and have a visibility and we just walk a little funny, but that's what happened. But the invisible injury aspect, right? That's the hard part. Right. And that's 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 why it's almost like you can't you know, you can't BS a BS. Right. Because I can see in someone's eyes when they have that thousand mouths there, et cetera, because I've been there. We've done that. Right. So when you see us sharing our truth, it's no gimmicky thing of putting on something. It's literally we're just sharing how we were able to get to a place because the sad part is there is a system with bureaucracies and a mandate to care for those that bore, right, the um, wounds of battle, right, to care for their spouse and children and so forth, what the VA is supposed to do to help the veteran, right, to give them the services that you serve, now you must be taken care of. And sadly, as Brian can attest, what's happened is the system has moved from a bedside service to a computer desk side service. I'll say it again, bedside service to desk side service. So now I, I go from my doctor knowing what's happening with me and paying attention to the doctor just trying to keep up with regulation and writing notes. All that to say that the system for many veterans has failed us. That is what it is. And that's why we are here saying, look, we are jumping into the gap, right? Brian was an officer. 
you know, we're both we're military, we're in leadership positions, and my philosophy for leadership is simply don't bring me problems, bring me solutions. Yes, the system is broken. I get it. So how do we fix it? Brian rolled up his sleeves and said, hey, Austin, you know, uh, Brian Reeser coming at you from Austin, Texas. If you hear my voice, get to the doctor. I did it. You can do it. And thus began the movement. So the community basically created what we left, what many of us missed from the military days. And many of you, sadly, never felt this since 67. Some of you guys haven't felt this and gals haven't felt this in 77, 87. As long as you've been out, it's the last time you felt truly you had a kinship with someone and understood you. And you've just gone through life with all the monikers, right? Brian Reese, you're a, a good worker, dedicated, right? Military. Like, but ask me, but let me ask you a question. What does Brian Reese like to do? Oh, I don't know. He's dedicated. He's a hard worker. But what does DP like to do? Because we don't say anything. We stopped. We are presenting the camouflage. We blend into society and no one sees the truth. The invisible injury aspect of this and the part of me making a point to share my story is that having a service dog begins the conversation for many of like, wait a second, something's off there. Four limbs, looks like he's walking pretty straight. So are you training that? Are you training? What's going on? I can begin to have a conversation. But for many of you, you don't have that. So the, the way I was able to come to the point of saying, I need to try something different. I don't want to be medicated. I don't want to do all these other things. A service dog for me was something I thought that would be interesting, right? And I began the journey of looking into it, right? And I found a great organization in Virginia, MK9S Service Dogs. And there's many paths, right? So just to kind of, you know, put the ground, the, the, the base here, for some, they will need a, a service dog for different things, right? It is a medical apparatus, a medical device, right? So it's hard to understand that for some, and I'll explain it in a second, but for some, it's a medical requirement for, let's say, uh, a medical condition like diabetes or having epileptic attacks and so forth. They're able to alert and provide a service and help the person, veteran, what have you, uh, regain a sense of independence. For many of us veterans, there's also a psychological benefit, right? When we go into these episodes uh, that no one sees, right? Like right now, it's great. We're here. We're joking around Will Ferrell. But guess what? What you won't see is that, you know, when this show goes off, if there was a glitch or something, Brian might go into a corner and just kind of just, you know, seclude for a little bit. And I might watch a Will Ferrell show or something. But what you don't see is that now there is going to be an obsessional ritual, right? That's a symptom of PTSD obsessional rituals that happen and you say what is that i'm like no i'm gonna sit here and just try to remove myself from the present and watch a repeat of a show over and over like we and, and we joke about it but i've seen the office for example this, this sitcom show at least 20 times from start to finish over and over to the point where i've had to hide watching it and i and i want to stress that because and we're not going to go into all the details. That's where I would say you need a coach to help you understand what you don't know. But I can tell you that for many, they say, well, I, I don't know if I have an obsessional ritual which interferes with daily living. Well, if you're neglecting feeding yourself, taking care of things, picking up your kids or doing certain things because you're sitting there doing this one thing, uh, that's where it begins. For me, it might be watching the, the office again. But literally to the point where I see it so much that now the kids here are like, oh, you're watching the office again. So now I don't want them to even know I'm seeing it. So guess what I do? I put the earbuds in. I go watch it where they don't see me. So now I'm hiding. I'm not watching anything wrong. I just don't even want to be told, like, why are you watching that again? Brian, again, you're doing this thing? Like, you, you know what I'm saying? Can you relate to that, Brian, on your side as far as when it gets to the point? Because people think, well, I have an obsession with ritual. I'm binge watching. Like, no, this is something that is literally crippling. It's the difference between I like a show to I'm using that as now a way to escape my reality. Because that's what's happening. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's lots of things, DP, that that folks do 
right, with a mental health condition. Some sometimes it's avoiding something. Sometimes it's you're comp- overcompensating for something, like you're doing it too much. Um, you know, checking windows, doors, locks, um, hearing things, right? You might actually be hearing or seeing things that aren't there. Um, there's so many things, right? But in terms of like coping mechanisms, right? Some of what we're talking about, I think, is sort of on the fringe of obsessive compulsive type behaviors and coping mechanisms, avoidance mechanisms. Um, so many veterans struggle from substance abuse issues, alcohol and drugs and, and drugs and alcohol, right? And the more booze, the more drugs and vice versa. And so, you know, you mentioned that 22 a day, which, which by the way, I'm, I want to talk about it because again, that's the only way through it is the uncomfortable conversations. And it's asking your loved ones, right? It's asking DP, Hey, are you okay, man? Like, you know, you don't, you don't look, you don't look great today. You look kind of down. Like, are you okay? Like, you know, man, you know, Hey, have, have you thought about taking your own life? Right? Well, guess what? You got to ask that question. So veteranscrisisline.net, you can call the 1-800 number listed there. You can start a secure confidential chat. You can send a text message that's secure and confidential. Um, the point here is you're not alone. I, and, I, and I posted but that. 800. it is you're dealing with, you're not alone. And guess what? There's no shame in what you've done, right? The, the good Lord knows everything, right? He knows your heart. He knows all the skeletons in your closet, right? There's nothing. So guess what, though? We're vulnerable to the point where we're going to make it okay for you to share your uncomfortable truths. And we've all heard the saying that the truth will set you free. I can't even begin to explain to you how much weight can be lifted off of your shoulders and your chest by finally telling somebody what you're dealing with or what you're addicted to or what this feels like. This is the pain I'm causing my family. Mm -hmm. This is what it feels like when I don't want to leave my house, right? And that's really, I think, DP, at the heart and at the power of what our movement is that makes us different than anybody else. Right. And I, and I did, and I did well, caveat, I did put that number up on the screen as well. So it's at 800-273-8255. You can also text 838-255 or visit veterancrisisline.net. So that's in the comments as well. Um, but again, this, this is our truth. This is our reality and our differentiator. Um, I, I would share that if we're moving to the point of saying, and so in my case, right, there's different service dogs. Uh, reasons, right? Some have emotional support dogs, and we'll do a deeper dive onto some of that in another segment that will follow on to this. But in this, and we're going to bring, you know, a team in. We're going to have one of our psychologists and our our, M, our MD as well. We're going to have a round table on this. So uh, that's coming down the pipe. Uh, so stay tuned for that. But for those individuals, like in my case, that chose to go at this, some, let's say, need a service dog and they're able to go with a company uh, or train them themselves. There's different ways you can train a service dog yourself, but you must be able to meet certain requirements, right, to have public access. Uh, So certain things are required for training. Uh, Some use an organization or work with an organization. Um, Some bring their own dogs. In my case, I I signed up and worked through MK9S Service Dog. 
Um, and I'll put that in the comments um, in the description when this is done. But they uh, basically work on an 18-month program. And what happened was they acquired uh, Legend. Once I signed up and I was approved, so I went to the process and had to submit documentation. And I was interviewed and selected. And it began the process where I didn't get a service doc then as basically acquired him at eight weeks. Then we began to train together. So for the first six months, I would go to training once a month. I'd have to take like an old sweaty shirt and he'd sleep in the shirt. So scent pairing began, right? So every time he saw me, he'd be like, oh, I remember you. So I would literally have to have a sweaty shirt and a Ziploc bag. And it became, at first it was like, this is weird. And it's like, but it was because he would sleep in it and kind of begin to have that scent pairing. Um, and then over time, we increased that. So we went from monthlies to weekly trainings um, and basic obedience, us working through. So as more as I was learning, he was learning. And I caveat that because fast forward some time, COVID slowed us down a little bit, uh, but we literally completed our public access test uh, yesterday. So we are, he is now no longer a service dog in training. He is a service dog. And this Saturday we are actually graduating um, and we'll be the first team. So uh, it's, awesome. it's, it's, uh, that's a journey that, you know, Brian saw kind of in the very beginning as I was going through this. And then now here we are towards the completion of it. Um, but that for me was a process that worked, right? I needed that time because had I got a service dog on that at that time, I wasn't ready for it. Uh, so there's different ways of how you can get, you know, services like this in my particular journey, 18 months is what I needed. Uh, I am pretty much a almost done retiring federal law enforcement officer. Um, I was in counterterrorism. I did the typical thing, right? Went from military to other cool stuff after, and yeah. I had to make a decision, right? Bringing it back to the Ryan Reese thing. I said, I can lie to myself and do this job and push myself physically to do something I can't, or I can just call it what it is, right? It's been a good ride. And I dealt with an adjustment disorder again, right? Because many veterans, many of you right now, you never really got out of service, right? You just you just replaced one with the other. You went from service to being a police officer, right? Or, or a first responder, right? You kind of kept in the same element. But eventually that ride will end. And it's going to hit you. And trying to replace something with something else, when I went to the civilian side, it wasn't the same. Something was missing, right? I, I went up the chain of command. I, I was successful. But there were limitations, right? Things weren't the same. And the things that got me to a point at the end didn't work to a degree, right? I was a good guy. I was a workhorse. I was able to do things. But guess what? Nobody knew a damn thing about DP. You had no pictures of the wife, the kids, or anything in my cubicle. You didn't know anything about me. You asked me on Monday how the weekend was. Guess what? Not long enough. That's all you got from me. Because I'm not giving you anything. Because a veteran, a person that deals with PTSD, basically is in this fight or flight situation where the switch is broken. And you cannot stop that, right? Talking about hypervigilance, looking, checking your locks, and so forth. So in the service, if me and Brian were deployed... All that mattered was that me and Brian come back home and I would put my life down as he would for me because that's what we do as a band of brothers. That life ends, we move to the civilian side. Now there's no one who took that spot, right, in my squad. So now what matters to me in life is my family and I will guard that against anything. So if I drive a vehicle and you cut me off, it doesn't matter. I don't care. I'm with my family and I perceive that they're in danger. That goes into fight mode and many people can relate to that. But I offer you that even in your workplace, if you walk to your office right now, is there anything personal in your space? And if the answer is no, there's probably a reason. Because now when I walk over to Brian's uh, cubicle, Brian, that's a little dumb little Air Force pin you got there. You're like, eh, it's the Air Force. Yuck, yuck, yuck. But if Brian comes over and says, hey, that's a dumb little dress that Abby has there, I'm going to see red. I don't care what you say about me. But those are the things I'm guarding against. 
You don't realize you're doing that, but that's what's happening, right? I don't want to put anything personal because you can't attack what you don't know. Oh, you got a beard. Oh, you have Yeah, you know how it is. But what matters, you'll never know about. How was the weekend? Not long enough. Did you guys do anything? Nope. Not telling you anything. Whereas the next person, it's like, hey, Brian, this weekend took the kids. We went soccer playing. It was crazy. Let me tell you what happened at Walmart. And I'm like, and in the world, to Brian's point, social beings, that's how relationships are made and people make decisions for promotion. So now guess what, DP? You've leveled out. You will never move up. We love you as a worker, but just something about DP, I don't know if he can do these things because you don't know me. Yeah. I'm here yeah. to do a task. I'm here to do a job. And for many veterans, that is what's limiting you, but you can't understand that. I got a, hey, Brian, I'm good. I got a job. I'm Nope. You and Bob started a job, and 10 years later, you're still an entry-level person who's never excelled. You have a social and occupational impairment. Just because you're getting paid doesn't mean you have an impairment. Stop lying to yourself. You have not progressed. You said, you know what, Brian? I'm not made for this regular 9-to-5 thing. I'm an entrepreneur. Five failed businesses. You can't work for someone, and someone can't work for you. Social, occupational impairment. Family issues, divorces. It continues. So for me, understanding that this may give me the ability to be able to work through something, my service dog legend has tasks trained to help me and do the things that will help me regain things. And what I want to share here is that having this conversation for me, legend let me have that conversation. I was able to talk to my mom about having PTSD. I'm, I'm Dominican by, by uh, heritage. Spanish folks, we don't talk about that. I always joke and say there's no Spanish word for PTSD because we don't talk about that, right? We came to this country to make our bones and you don't show weakness. Hey, mom, I didn't come back the same. Things affected me. How do you say that? How do you have that conversation? So now with legend, it's like, well, is he the family dog? So two days ago, you know what had to, had to happen, Brian? And Brian knows this, so that's why I waited for this day. We had to have a conversation again with the kids. Got an 8-year-old, a 10-year-old, a 16-year-old. You think it's hard talking to your psych about what you're feeling? Try telling your eight-year-old why the dog is not your dog and can't be fed by you, can't sleep with you, and he belongs to me and he's for me. He's not a family dog. He's a dog in the family who is mine. That's a tough conversation to have with a cute yellow lab that people are like, man, he's so cute. Put the cuteness aside. Having a conversation with your children to say, this is a device that dad needs because of what he has. I'm not upset with you. I have the inability, sadly, to control my anxiety, my depression, and things that happen. Well, people don't see when this camera goes off and the kids come and want to do a thing, and I'm hearing noise and clanking, or the window or the fridge, something falls out of it, I hear a bang, and I send everybody to their room, and I scream. Before I even get to those levels, Legend can bring that back down and be like, hey, snap out of that. He does the tasks he's trained to do. A service dog has tasks that they do specific to the person. So he must pay attention to me to know that, hey, DP's about to go into an episode. Let's break this thing. Let's let him do a thing. So I share that to say that for me, I can't put words to how difficult it was to sit on a table with your family around and have to say, this is what I'm dealing with. But I could not get to that point unless I got to the point of understanding what I even had. So that journey to get to this point is what being uncomfortably vulnerable is. This is why I have a service dog. This is why this puppy is dog is not your dog, because I need this. And then the question comes of now I understand and now I have to become sadly, right? Saturday is great. We're graduating. But Saturday begins the beginning of the worst, because for the first for the next few weeks or months, things are going to get much worse before they get better because I can't hide. Brian, guess what happens when I go to the gym now? Everybody wants to come see you now. 
I don't want to be seen. I don't want to be talked to. But I walk with a service dog. I'm going to have to deal with that. But it's the journey I must travel to, one, work through my things, but to share the story with you all. Because even if you don't have a service dog, you must be able to speak to the truth of what you're dealing with. The VA, did, they underrated me. Brian, they didn't get, if you don't know your truth and you don't know what you have, you're not going to be properly seen. We'll work with you and put the pieces you need to be able to say, either this is the condition, this is the nexus, this is the that. But before all of that, the psychologist, yeah. the med, Brian, you know what? Stop bullshitting, man. Something's wrong, man. Come talk to somebody. That's where it starts. Man, this, this is incredible, uh, DP. Thank you for sharing that. Um, look, you know, we don't know what you have going on, right? We don't. I can guess, right? But it's going to take you in a community to eventually take the first little half step. And it's, it's picking up the phone, right? It's getting your butt to the doctor. Why do yes. I say that? It's something that will stick in your brain, right? When I tell you, get your butt to the doctor, right? That's a little more than just a little nudge, right? If I mean, I could say, you know, you should probably consider uh, going to see the doctor, right? Well, that feels different than saying, get your butt to the doctor, right? And so you're going to hear all of us say that all the time. But the point of this is there is a path forward, okay? I'm not saying it's going to be a perfect path. I'm not saying you're going to be cured. I'm not saying you'll ever return to whatever self you were, okay? What I'm saying is there is a path that you're on. There's a journey here, and we can be a part of that journey with you, okay? DP, yeah. I want to ask you a question, though, because I get asked on occasion, you know, do you know anything about service dogs, right? I think the hardest part about this is getting started, right? What advice would you have for anybody listening here on what is the first step? You've got PTSD, you're struggling with some issues, you might think or you've got this inclination that maybe a service dog could help. What's the first step? So the very first step, uh, so Brian kind of gave it to you, right? It, one, you got to get your butt to the doctor. Right, A service dog is there to help someone with a disability to regain a sense of independence to do a thing. For some, it's stability, it's balance, it's a medical thing to alert me that my diabetic you know, situation is flaring, what have you, or epileptic attack, or psychology, something is happening, because the dog basically begins to read you. So he knows, like legend knows that, hey, DP's about to blow his casket, guess what? He start, this starts to happen physiologically, and he can sense and detect that, and that bond creates. But the very first step, uh, is you have to understand what you have. And I can tell you that many folks have reached out to the organization that I've worked with, and you can reach out to me and I can share that and we'll have that posted. Um, but when you reach out to an organization that may work with veterans, um, they covered everything. So it's a selection process, you know, the total fees in, uh, if you do a Google search, it's about 28000 to $30,000 in training resources and everything that comes with it. So it's a full-blown process. I'm actually signing a contract literally today when we're done as far as the transfer of ownership and things like that um, of, of the leash and, you know, and things of that nature. But be, having a diagnosis is the first part. Some of you may need a service dog for a medical condition to be able to alert to things that you may be dealing with, right? The way your diabetes is set up, your, um, let's say, uh, visibility issues or what have you, stability issues. There's many, many, many needs. 
and also psychology issues and things that such, right? So that those things that you need uh, are key. And the reason I say that the diagnosis is key, because when you reach out to an organization that may be local to you, they may have a wait list, you'll reach out, but then they'll interview you, right? And they'll ask and try to figure out how will this help you? I could, I could not tell the organization what the dog would be, what I needed help with unless I knew what I had, right? So a legend can't help me and be trained to do a thing unless I know what those things are, right? So I had to kind of come to the point of being in therapy, right? I, I am in therapy and that's what is a requirement for many organizations uh, or teams to be able to say effectively, how do we do this? Because now my therapist is aware of this process. It's a joint thing that's happening of how are you, you know, what's going on with you? How does this work into that? So it's all combined together. So for individuals that would be interested in looking into, uh, if they qualify for one, I would say reach out to us. In my team, I have a service dog. Uh, one of my coaches has a service dog, Kenneth Reese, no relation to Brian Reese. <laughs> But, oh, come on now. <laughs> uh, but I would recommend really talk to someone. And the reason I say that is because you know how it is, Brian, right? You might see someone with a service dog and it's like, but I don't want to bother them. I don't want to talk. And that's why I'm sharing yeah. this because let's talk and have this conversation to be able to get down to the point that, hey, understand what I just said. Saturday I graduate. It's a great accomplishment. But Sunday, guess what? The world sees me now in all of my brokenness because it's a, why does he have that? What's going on? Are you a faker? Are you a this? What's wrong? Are you training it? You just highlighted, brother, I think probably one of the biggest limiting beliefs and limitations that anybody hearing this right now, including myself, right, is going to deal with is, uh-oh, now the world knows, right? Can't hide. It's, it's, your, it's your coming out party, right? They see, yep. the, they see the red, you know, vest that says service dog or whatever he's wearing, right? And it's you might be thinking immediately you're going to be judged, right? What's, ooh, what's wrong with that guy? Crazy man, stay away, right? Yep. Hey, here's a little tip for you. We're all got a little crazy going on, right? We're all a little bit crazy. Because <laughs> so, the reality is, Brian, like you would, and, and this is my reality, right? You would not judge me or look at me away if I was in a wheelchair, right? No. You know what I'm saying? So, so we have to break the stigma because really it's, this is a medical apparatus. He is my service dog. I have a disability. He works, he worked, he is with me to do a thing. Now on top of that, hey, how's it going DP here? And that is basically what living life is. Uh, but you have to mentally be able to be in a place to take that step in that journey. So for the benefits that having a service dog has, understand now that in my world, as a person who was in the military, deployed, did all kinds of funky stuff, you know, in federal work, this is reality, Brian. I literally now have to care for a dog by myself. And I need people to understand this. I have three children and, you know, my better half is the foundation of my family and basically raised my kids. Because what people never see is that our spouses are the ones raising our kids. Well, I'm deployed and I'm gone. I'm this. She's the one taking them to school, cooking, cleaning, doing all that. I was never doing those things. Right. I was kind of a parent by proxy. Let's just call it what it is. I had my disabilities. She ran this job. She practically was a single mom with me as a fourth kid. Right. But now... I have to raise this dog by myself. I can't say, hey, go feed the dog. Hey, go walk the dog out. There is no instance yeah. here. And I want to bring it to Brian because he's going to share his story about the dog he has. But on my side, there is no go do this for me. I must do everything because our relationship in the beginning especially requires that bond and that establishment of dominance of I am here with you. You are with me. We are a pack together and there is nobody else here. 
So it, it's not a, you know, Joe take the dog out and do a thing. So f- coming from someone who's never had to do those things, I am literally jumping into a sea with no ability to swim because I sure don't got no reps with the kids because I was not the one that made them the fine children that they are. That's on the mom. On this instance, you're looking at me like, well, you're going to learn. And it was hard for me, Brian, on some points because I would get frustrated and she looked at me like, you weren't here. You don't know what this is like. It's like a toddler. And I took it as an attack. But what she was yeah. saying was like, no, you have to learn that this is your journey. I can't, be, I can't help you in that one. You must build this bond. You must do these things. Uh, and that's a thing that you have to factor if you think that's something you may want to go into. But these are the questions and things people are not aware of. Um, yeah. But you, you have a dog on your side, Brian. So you, 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 but, but there's different, So maybe this is not the way for you. And that's fine because yeah. there are emotional support dogs and dogs that may serve a purpose. Um, and Brian can share a little bit on his side because it's ultimately finding out what do you need. Maybe not this one, but maybe that one. Yeah, so so I have a uh, seven-month-old Great Dane. He's a blue Great Dane. His name is Bo. Um, he's incredible, and he's not a service dog. Okay, I've I've certainly thought about a service dog, um, but I'm not quite there yet. And there's lots of potential, you know, reasons for that. So, but we've got a the seven-month-old Great Dane. His name is Bo. And he's not a, you know, again, he's not a trained service dog, but dang, is he a great companion. Dang, is he a great friend. Dang, is it nice to come home and see that tail wagon, right? And to have him run up and and no matter what kind of a day I've had, no matter what I've gone through, he's gonna be there and he's gonna be himself, right? He just wants to be loved. He wants to be a part of this thing. He wants to be a part of my life. And we spend so much time together. He sits right next to me when I'm doing work all day. He goes with me on walks. He's outside with me. If I'm sitting outside, he's right there. Um, I can't imagine life without him now. And so I, I think, you know, what I would tell anybody here is I did not have a dog uh, for a very long time. I, I did not ever have a dog in the military. And I never had a dog as a veteran. 2012 to 2019, I didn't get a dog till seven months ago. Um, what I what I'm telling myself and what I want you to hear is, I wish I would have got a dog a long time ago, because I believe that whether it's a therapy dog or not, you're going to find so much love and companionship and belonging by having a best friend with you. Um, highly highly recommend. It's a a great benefit. And and again, this all comes down again back to the point where we can't even get to this point if we don't have an understanding of what we're dealing with and what's happening and what are the options. Because now you can make an informed decision and look into it. So verse yourself, reach out, ask a question. What do you think about that as far as getting help um, with things going on right now with COVID, Brian, on your side as you've seen? Oh, man. I mean, first of all, when, when I say things, when we say things like get your butt to the doctor, that doesn't necessarily mean you need to get in your car and go drive somewhere to see a doctor, right? Um, with telemedicine and telehealth, I mean, this, this is the moment, right? Where just like DP and I are talking right now, you can talk to a family practice doctor. You can talk to a nurse practitioner, right? You can ask for a referral consult to mental health. You can talk to a social worker, a psychologist, a psychiatrist. Um, You don't have to leave your home. 
especially for for veterans living in rural areas. So, um, look, this COVID thing is bad, and it's taken a toll on so many people. And there's so many things right now happening in the world. There's so many external things that are potentially dragging you down and making things even worse. It's time to talk to somebody. Okay, it's time to talk. Who should we call first for a service dog? So that's a little bit of a loaded question. Yeah, I'll let you answer that one. So as far as who to call, what I would say the first is not so much of who to call. So it, it varies. So the way it's set up, and that's where it gets interesting on the veteran side. Um, it's not something the VA, you know, they, they, they're seeing the benefits. There's a lot of use cases there, but it's not something you can call and just get, right? So the first step I would say is to do a search. Like I literally looked locally to where I was at um, for organizations. And that's the first step, depending on your skill set. When you say a search, do you mean you did like yep, a on, online. search for... Correct. Yeah. Right. So regardless of what state you're in, there are many organizations uh, across the country that work with veterans, some work with non-veterans as well, but at least to understand what is happening, what's available to you, that would be the first step uh, to understand what are the requirements, right? What are the wait times, right? You may be in a location where they have uh, new programs coming up that you might be able to seek out. So the first step I would say is to definitely look into that. I would also encourage if you are under medical care for that specific condition, you feel a service dog may be helpful uh, to bring it up to your to your medical provider. I straight out ask my psychologist, do you think this would be good? I think it would be good for me, but you're the doctor here, not me. And it was like, absolutely yes, right? And that began the process of trying to get those tools because they also have access to be able to help in that search. So it, it's not a federally regulated thing that you can call and do a thing. It's like anything else, right? If you have you know a bad back, you know you have to find a doctor somewhere to do a thing, and they may be able to maybe do surgery, and then if you need an apparatus, you'll get a cane and so on and so forth. So in this instance, it's it's a medical apparatus, and it would just to use that word, and because of that, the first step is you know having a conversation with your medical provider, because if you decide to do it on your own, the one road is uh, it was recommended, unless if you've never had a dog, to partner up with or an organization. Uh, some veterans have been successful, Brian, with reaching out to the VA and being connected with groups that work with veterans. They won't necessarily provide a service dog to you, but if you bring a dog that might be able to pass to meet the requirements, they will work with you in a team. So it's you coming to train to do a process. So there's different methods, right? Self-trained, I work with a provider, the provider, you know, the trainers, in my case, the organization trains and houses it, and then I, uh, the dog comes to me. Um, some organizations you can go and get approved. You go for a weekend as an end doc training, you come back with one, right? So someone, for example, who's blind needs a dog right now. They don't have 18 months to wait. So there's different paths, right? So that's what makes it a little complicated. Um, and in the next series that we're going to do, we're going to have Dr. Hamilton, um, uh, one of our MDs that we network with, and we're going to have one of the other, uh, one of our psychologists come on down and PAs and basically make a point to talk about the different ways they have seen to support uh, this process for different veterans because there's different needs that you may have, right? And to Brian's point, maybe you don't require that. Maybe it's not something you're ready for right now, but we begin the conversation now to see if that's something you may want to explore. Um, so I would say uh, Google search will be the first one. That's how I started it. Excuse me, it happened to just be an organization close to me. So that began the process of that. If you go to vaclaimsinsider.com backslash blog, you can do a search. 
we have some articles in there about service dogs that I've shared with links as well. So www.vaclaimsinsider.com backslash blog. Uh, you do a search in there. We have a bunch of blogs. Please re visit our resources. They're free. They're there for you. And I listed many organizations and ways and breakdowns of what a service dog is versus the other. Uh, so we have some resources there for you. Uh, loaded question, kind of a loaded answer that's that went awesome. around in circles. <laughs> no, no, no. That's that's awesome, though. And look, even if you think you don't need a service dog, I want you to think about other things, right? Maybe you can just get an emotional support dog. I mean, I think that's really what my dog is for me, is, is he's an emotional support animal. Um, he's not trained specifically to do specific tasks or recognize things that are going on with me he's just my buddy, right? He's my pal and he's around me and it, it gives me something to do. It gives me a focus. It gives me something to think about. There's a purpose now and caring for another thing. And I think a lot of veterans need that, right? Especially if you're alone. Oh my goodness. The, the loneliness, the aloneness that we suffer from, um, even if you're not a veteran, Right? We are just a very sad and alone society right now. And so I would encourage everybody to look into getting a dog um, who might help you, especially if you're suffering from a mental health condition. And someone commented to that, Brian, also, and said, you know, my kids are grown and they're gone. And, you know, wherever you are as a veteran, what we're trying to do basically is meet you where you're at, right? Some of you may be in a situation in my case. Some of you, your kids have grown, the damage is done, those relationships have severed, and you know, you're by yourself. There's a benefit in having something you can grasp onto, right? If it's a service dog, if it's a dog, an emotional support dog, a friend, whatever it is, what we're trying to say is there's a reason to hold on to something because if you can get the tools that you need to be able to create a new reality forward, you can do that. We have done that, and that's why we're here. So for those that may feel maybe it's a little too late, no. As, as, if you woke up this morning, there's, there's hope. There's a reason to do a thing, right? The sun, come, the sun came up, and I woke up, and I was able to jump on here and talk with y'all and share some stuff that I didn't want to talk about. Guess what? There's hope. Might not believe it, but I have to say it, right? I'm not saying fake it till you make it, but you have to push, right? That's the mission now, right? For those that may have severed relationships, you can regain the tools to recreate and rebuild. You may have blown that bridge up, but you can rebuild a new one. You'll never have what you used to have. That's done. But you can have something new. And that is really what this all comes to, because if Brian Reese stood in government, gave in to his demons, this situation would have not led to this company, this movement, and how many lives would have not been touched. Because I'm sure Brian did not feel like I'm going to help somebody at his lowest point, right? And I don't, I don't, I don't want we don't have to dig into it too much, but you've heard Brian Reese say, this saved his life. Gave him purpose. It, it, gave him a calling. Totally did. It, it, it absolutely did, man. And, and guess what? It's changed so many other people's lives, including my own. And that's, you know, DP, you've had your life changed. Your family's had their life changed. Everybody who's involved, whether you work with VA Claims Insider or not, um, the veterans in our movement, they have their lives changed. And it goes way beyond your disability compensation claim. It's, it's really a celebration of life change. Yes. is what we talk about here. Say that again, Brian, because I think that's a key point, if you could repeat it one more time. That celebration of what? Yeah, celebration of life change. And I, want, I just, I just want to hit that life because change. some people think, oh, you got a rating, you won against the system. It's not the number, people. It's life yeah. change. 
you now can get the help you need. You got that rating, we celebrate that because for it's a vindication of that life change that now can happen. You got out of Vietnam in 67 and you've been living a lie, you never came back and finally you realize 2020 that I have PTSD and I've been living a shell. My kids don't know who I am, but now I have the tools to begin to recreate relationships and do something. So that rating is life change, not the number. Yeah. Don't care about the number. It's the life change of vindication that now you can begin Jim, yeah. Bob, Sarah, to rebuild and fix the things that you didn't know. Because many people, uh, Brian, like we talked last on our last one we did together, they never came back. Something happened and you were stuck. Yeah. For yeah, Brian, it was what? When did you? When were you in, in Afghanistan, Brian? What year were you there? Two thousand eleven. The clock could have stopped for him there. For Jim, it was sixty-seven. Someone is fifty-seven, yeah. and if we, unless we get to the point of saying, you know what, the clock has started again. Brian's back alive. He's coming back again, new, different, with tools. And the things that jaded him and broke him made him stronger to create and do these things. And we're paying it forward. So that's why we yeah. share these things. It's to be able to tell you, look, we both put our pants on just like y'all. Sometimes, sometimes we don't. <laughs> <laughs> so one thing I wanted to mention to everybody listening is I think that this issue with service dogs if, if we're passionate about it as a community, which we are, okay, I think that we need to reach out to our local and state officials, our elected officials, and we need to talk to them about the mental health issues affecting veterans and the rallying cry that needs to happen. Um, I'd love to see the, the VA start funding. Yes, so Charles just put that. So they're, they're literally, as of very recently, uh, the VA has begun paying for service dog and community care. So through the community care programs uh, that are available, which is a whole nother journey, they're beginning to put pieces together. Uh, so literally as a very recent, uh, again, it's, you have to get into community care, it's a process and all that stuff, but they're starting to introduce it. But to Brian's point though, we have to rally behind to get these things going because programs die and divine unless we request and speak up for them. So, so a couple things, right? The, the VA, to my knowledge, they do not presently pay for the training. They don't fully fund. They're not going to pair you with a service dog. Um, they might cover some of the incidentals, and they have a lot of community care programs that can help direct you to nonprofits and other programs. Um, what I was pointing out, though, is back in February, uh, the House actually passed a bill to allow the VA to fund service dogs for veterans with PTSD. Mm -hmm. I don't know. The pause act, ever, I think it was called. Yeah. I don't know if this ever went to the Senate. Uh, I don't know if it went to the Senate VA committee and what the result was. My guess is they maybe haven't even looked at it yet, but since this passed the house, I mean, what a great opportunity for veterans, disabled vets, especially folks with mental health conditions to reach out to the senators in your state to tell them to vote for this bill, right? I would love to see that happen. And yes, there are lots of incredible nonprofit organizations out there to help veterans. You heard DP talk about the cost of a service dog. We're talking somewhere between 20 and 50 to $60,000 in many cases. Now you may get real lucky and, and get one for free, okay? But that doesn't happen very often, and there's an extremely limited pool of these dogs who go through this training who are going to get paired with a veteran free of charge. And oh, by the way, guess who 
supports and funds those nonprofit organizations so that they can put these dogs through training to pair them with a veteran with a mental health condition. It takes for-profit businesses to do that, okay? Now I wanna talk about that for a second. Profit is not a dirty word, okay? I want us to come to the realization that the world works, the economy works by having healthy collaboration between for-profit, non-profit, and government, okay? We need all of those. We need all of those organizations working tightly together. We need the for-profits helping fund and launch new programs. We need them supporting the nonprofits. We need a close tie-in with government, okay? And we need to get better at all of this. And so we've got some exciting stuff though coming, DP, yes. on the service dog front and some of the things and initiatives that uh, we're supporting here at Be Claims Insider to help veterans. Yes. So, so please look out for that. We're going to have this information, but this is basically the beginning of having these conversations, right? We have to put a name to the face. We have to break the stigma to be able to say, look, this is what this looks like. This is the beginning conversation. So as we create series in these and go a little more in depth, right, we'll be able to have more. But today, really, it's this is a journey that I took to get here. But the takeaway message that I would give everyone is I had to own my truth, the ugly, broken truth to be able to get to this this point and you can do the same whether or not you go down this route as it relates to the entire process of trying to recreate yourself going forward you may not be the person you used to be but you can recreate yourself with tools and the services you need moving forward uh, by owning that so being uncomfortably vulnerable is what this is right you have to own that and that begins the process of healing to be able to serve and pay it forward no, man. Thank, thank you, DP. And, and brother, I, I love you. Uh, I, I love you, man. And, and I love getting your notes, even just checking in on me, sending you know, sending text messages, yes. emails, how you doing. Uh, we need each other. And it has been an absolute blessing thank you. to have you and the VA claim, right? The yep. VACI champions. champions. Right? And I want to <laughs> give you an opportunity, by the way, uh, for the folks listening, whether you're watching live right now, um, or you're watching the recording on YouTube. Again, DP said this is just the beginning of our conversation on service dogs. But if somebody's out there, DP, and they're, they've heard this, they're watching the recording, they're sort of on the fence, they're, you know, maybe they're going to be uncomfortably vulnerable, but they want to talk to somebody first. They're a little bit scared to get started. They're sick. They've been beat down by the VA, right? They're stuck you're pissed off, you're stuck in appeal, whatever your situation is, um, and you're wondering if VA Claims Insider might be able to help you. Um, DP, can you talk a little bit about yes. the champions and, and how somebody might go about working yep. with you guys? Uh, thanks. Uh, so I just I just posted the, the ticker there, the update, uh, www.joinvaci.com. I run a team called VACI Champions. I have it's tw 11 amazing coaches. One of them has uh, a, a service dog. I, I started this, this journey by myself, right? I said, Brian, I don't know if I could help out. Brian said, hey, jump on and do a thing. Fast forward all this time now, I'm running a team with amazing individuals. And I can tell you we have coaches uh, who are MST survivors, right? Both men and women. Uh, coaches who have a service dog myself. Um, and, you know, TBI. I was with Sean yesterday. We talked about TBI and shared some of that. It's one of my coaches, for yeah, example. That's awesome. Um, to work with us, essentially, one of the things I will say is 
we're just like you, right? Right. We're just trying to give you options to be able to get the help you need, putting together strategy, helping helping you navigate this process that many folks don't understand. You may have been denied, neglected, etc., but there's hope, right? There's help. On VCI Champion, my team came together because when I started this, it was just DP. Then I put a team together. Brian said, hey, you know what? You get some more folks under you. You're doing the right thing. And I said, hey, you know what? We're just average Joes, right, Brian? Come on, man. I'm just my team was average Joes. We're just regular people. And Brian said, you know what? I'm going to challenge you. You're not average Joes. Can't do it. Can't have it. Not going to. And it hit me because I'm sitting there like, Brian, what do you mean? I'm, you know, that's my team name. You can't tell me to change the team name. And he says, you're better than, you're bigger than that. You've transcended that. And the evolution went from being average Joes to being team champions. And what that means to me, for those that might wonder, right? So you understand why it's because we are average Joes, but we understand this process. So we understand that someone has to step in the gap to be the champion for you to help you win your claim and make your argument and tell your truth. I know how to tell my truth. I want to help you tell your truth. And to do that, you need a champion in your corner. And that's basically why I uh, am blessed with supporting and leading a team called VACI Champions because their day and day work that they do is to help veterans just like you from the 20 year old to the 80 year old from the Korean War vet to the guy who just got out. You're a veteran. You need help. You need strategy. We've been there. We've walked that walk with you. And at the end of the day, we're like you. We're average Joes, but we have figured out some things to help you make the process better. So that's what VACI Champions is. Veterans helping veterans. Veterans being the champion for the next veteran that we are thankful that we had. Someone was that for me. We're doing that now for you. So that is the, the genesis of that. So if you want to work with us, uh, it's joinvaci.com. Comments in the, uh, in the description as well. In the comments, I got Lisa and the team as well putting links to our blogs and things like that. So uh, that's how to reach out to us. So we're here to help and work with you. So, you know, it's a movement, right? You have all these veterans and all these coaches and all these teams, but make no mistake about it. We're all here for the exact same thing. Right. We just all do it a little bit different with our flavor, but we just want to give you the ability to pick the team that works for you, that resounds with you, that helps you. You're the priority. Work with me, work with the next person. Doesn't matter. We're just here to help. Yeah. So so as DP said, though, uh, the link. Right. If you want to work with DP, David Pineda, uh, Army Disabled Vet, the VACI champions. Right. If you want to have a champion on your side, you can go to join Again, that's joinvaci.com. And by the way, it's a three-step process to jump in. And there's something you're going to get by joining the VACI champions today, okay? DP and his team have put together an unbelievable resource. And I'm proud about to say, by the way, that uh, he actually <laughs> shipped me a first copy. And he entitled it to be Rizzle. Be Thank Rizzle. You, brother DP. You're welcome. If you sign up right now through his page at www.joinvaci.com you are going to get a fourth bonus okay that you're only going to get through this page and it's a comprehensive ebook on veterans benefits by state and trust me when i tell you it is absolutely incredible it's the most uh, comprehensive state benefit resource that i've ever seen so regardless of what state you live in, right, you can go find your state and unlock the benefits that you'll get there. And, and by the way, uh, state benefits. Yeah, we help you get the VA disability rating compensation you deserve. Ultimately, you're going to end up with some type of a disability percentage between 0% to 
and 100%. Now, depending on what your disability rating is, yes, you're going to qualify for a host of federal benefits. So many veterans don't realize, though, that you're going to qualify for some incredible state benefits. Yes. Okay? And so if you want that guide for free, okay, again, you can sign up at www.joinvaci.com. 350 pages of a book. Brian got the hard copy. You will get the digital one, so don't worry about it. You don't have to worry about that behemoth coming in the mail. Um, but I will say, I I think your shipping cost was like $70. (laughs) It probably was. Um, but I will say that it's us trying to create value. So if you go to www.vaclaimdesire.com backslash blog, you then will see also accompanying blogs for each state broken down. So it's a marriage of information where here was, is an ebook that you can pass forward that has information, but then we have on top of that, as you will see on our blogs as well, uh, individual blogs broken down, right? Maybe you want to just search on one thing there. So however you want to get information, we have that for you. So please take advantage of the resources. But yes, a 350-page state behemoth, state-by-state, uh, for veterans, reach out. We'll get that to you. Um, it's us paying it forward. You get that for just signing up and working with us. Uh, it's part of the champion, you know, um, uh you know, benefits paying forward that we want to do for others. So thank you, Brian, for uh, highlighting that as well. We, we are so blessed to serve with y'all. Um, thank you, truly. When I say thank you for your service, uh, we really mean that, and we know what that means. Thank you. Thank we wore, you. We wore the uniform, too. So I appreciate you hanging out with us. DP, as always, man, thank you so much. Um, you're a wealth of knowledge and, and very blessed and proud, man, to have you on our team. Appreciate you, my brother. Uh, we'll see you next Wednesday. Keep following along, though. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, VA Claims Insider, incredible YouTube channel, right? VA Claims Insider. We're putting out new videos every single week uh, to serve and support you. Okay? Be safe out there, and we'll talk to you all real soon, all right? Be safe, y'all.